keep fighting. I mean, that's what this team is about. We never give up. We just continue to fight no matter what the circumstances are. And at a point in time, our, in that game, our backs were against the wall. It seemed like the game was over, but we just kept at it and made plays down the stretch and came out with a win. We all believe in one another, um, and uh, coaches believe in us. He's going to put guys in position to, to, to succeed on the court. So I believe Evan Turner made great plays down in the stretch. And of course, Isaiah hit some tough shots, and Avery hit some tough shots. So uh, guys just really stepped in and stepped up for one another. The Celtics pull off an unbelievable comeback and win 139 to 134 in overtime against the Clippers in the final game before the All Star break. We got a lot to talk about big here. Big one. On the Garden Report, powered by Grandstand on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Yes, I'm the boss. Welcome to the show. I am Jared Weiss from CLNS Radio. I'm joined by my confidant and good friend, Jimmy Toscano, rocking the horizontal stripes and pulling it off. I'm very impressed by this. Just another day. <laughs> it's another day in the, <laughs> in the fashion game. Uh, the Celtics came out looking fly as hell because they won 139 to 134 in a game that they clearly were going to lose up until Isaiah Thomas just took over the game comebacks. again. In a game in which Chris Paul was just un was pretty much perfect the entire game. -like. And he burned out at the end of that game there, missed some crucial shots, and then Isaiah Thomas just made some of those classic Isaiah Thomas plays that are now classic because he's doing it like every single night. But the scoring, like taking like a fall away 15-footer over uh, DeAndre Jordan mm -hmm. on like a rainbow shot to, was that the one that tied up? I mean, he had so many incredible plays was, to get them back in this Pierce -esque, game. That really was Paul Pierce-esque. It really was. It really was. He pushed off, got the yeah. separation, jumped back, and by the way, Isaiah Thomas, his broad jump is like crazy. It's like Jamie Collins like on his broad jump. <laughs> yeah, probably. Listen, you said we saw, we saw uh, vintage Chris Paul. I think we saw vintage Isaiah Thomas. And what that means to me is a guy who can just score from all over the court and I swear to God every time he drives to the hoop I see people collapse I like for I don't know some guy named DeAndre Jordan for example he still gets it in he still lays it in somehow he just can contorts his body in these ways and just being a lefty helps being a lefty definitely yeah. helps him because I think guys in the heat of the moment forget that he can that he scores lefty that's his go-to um, but the guy is just coming through on a nightly basis now and that's why he's going straight to Toronto from here. He deserves it. I mean, he's 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 the main reason that this team is in third place in the Eastern Conference right now. So they actually said to him as he was walking away after the game, I said, enjoy Toronto, man. He said, I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a little, I, I, he's a little worn out from everything. I think he's overwhelmed, overwhelmed, too. So yeah. yeah. And, and everyone on the team has talked about how huge of a moment it is for him and for the whole team. Yeah. This is a team that I think feels really validated by having an all-star because of the way that they've been labeled and talked about. But they went up against a juggernaut who is you know, having their issues. And, of course, they didn't have Blake Griffin tonight, which, I mean, they, they haven't had, you know, they haven't been had them all year. That. They've been good without him. But they looked like a really good title contending team, disregard the fact that Golden State is probably going to sweep through the playoffs. But right. they they went up against a really great team with one of the greatest players of his generation playing at his best. And they came out on top because Isaiah was incredible and then Evan Turner just he pulled off some unbelievable stuff there. He had that pull up where he kind of did the same kind of move that Isaiah did, jumping mm -hmm. away from DeAndre Jordan, hit that shot. Then he drives to the rim, draws a foul, and sneaks one by DeAndre Jordan. And then he caps it off with a great fadeaway shot from was it from the right elbow to clear, to take what was the Celtics falling apart early in overtime, and they're, they're going on this six. incredible run yeah. where Stolzer hit a three. Bradley hit a three. All of a sudden, they're right in it. And then Turner comes in and takes over. I mean, that was an absolute clinic of late-game performance there, of having not only great shooting, but having some incredible iso ball. No, and, and these guys, they, they don't quit. We know this. I mean, if you've watched one game of the Celtics this year, you probably saw an example of them not quitting. I mean, and you've gotten three over the past five days. You know, you've got Cleveland, you've got Milwaukee, although they came up short, and then you've got tonight against, you know, and you have tonight. So... Here's the thing about Evan Turner. This guy flips the switch in the fourth quarter. Not to say that he's a bad player through three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, he is, you know, it's either him or Isaiah, sometimes Bradley. They've got a couple options, but when the ball's in Evan Turner's hands, like, you're happy with that. You want that. And there's actually a point in the game where they were trying to get the ball to Turner. 
Isaiah didn't make the pass and Stevens called the timeout because he didn't like what was happening. He wanted the ball in Turner's hands. Sure enough, coming out of that timeout, it got in Turner's hands. He actually turned it over. But I don't agree with that call. I don't think that ball went off Turner's knee. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm making is, or the same point you're making, he's been coming through in the clutch with them all year. And this is a guy that was almost on the fringes for a little while, but I think everyone forgot what Evan Turner can do. And you know, he has his, he has he has some haters out there. He does, he does and it. they're never going to go away. But one thing that they did really well with him tonight was they got him into mismatches. They were able to get mm-hmm. switches where he was able to put smaller guys on the block or take guys like DeAndre Jordan out on the perimeter. Getting that, getting those one on ones on DeAndre Jordan. I mean, Jordan's reach is like incredible. Yeah. But the Celtics they were going great, after Jordan. They did a great job of driving right at him and then popping back really quickly. Whether whether it was Isaiah Thomas or mm-hmm. Evan Turner, they made they made use of that kind of attack at Jordan a lot, and that's how they got a lot of those buckets late in the game. No, and I, I agree with you completely. I mean, and this is th- these guys, they're down, like we said, they're down six, was it? And you're thinking, okay, Marcus Smart fouled out. Jay Crowder fouls out. Jared Kelly Olenek's shoulder's gone. Kelly Olenek's out of the game. Amir Johnson looked to be a little banged up. I guess he was he was he had his back wrapped up on the bench. Jordan Mickey isn't in the game for some reason. Jordan, I mean, there's a Jordan lot of Mickey variables not here. dressed. Jared Sellinger comes in, drains the three. We talked about this. These guys, they... they they are what Doc Rivers called after the game junkyard dogs. They keep coming at you. They play harder than you. They play tougher than you. They're not the most talented team out there. The Clippers have more talent than them. The Clippers, in my opinion, are a top five team. I think they're the number five team right now. I mean, if we're talking power rankings, Celtics are right behind them. But uh, coming into this game, I thought the Clippers were a better team. They still might be, but the Celtics outplay, they outplay you. They, they, what they lack in talent, they make up for in effort. And that is the difference, and that was the difference tonight. And like Doc said, it's the tenacity and the athleticism. And they've got they've always got five guys on the court that can jump out at you, and they will stick with you face. out of sheer will. And the fact that they did it at the end there without the guys that lead the charge on that and Crowder and Smart, I thought was pretty remarkable. I agree. And it's, it's a huge way to go into the break. So we're going to go to our break. We're going to come back for part two. We're going to talk about, of course, Paul Pierce, and then take a look at the, uh, the, truth. the future for the Celtics after the All-Star break with a trade deadline coming up. Before we go, Grandstand play of the game, obviously, go to grandstand.me or go to the App Store to download Grandstand and you can be one of the fans in the stands using Grandstand. Let's take a look at what we found tonight. Is a is a skill, you know. It ain't just everyone just can't do it, you know. There's guys that are energy players, and there's guys who don't play with energy. And this team has a, uh, the Celtics have a, a whole team full of energy players and talented energy players. So we knew that coming into the game, you know. And uh, they they at the end of the day, it went out for them. one of those guys that ever asked to leave. He never wanted to bail. Uh, he stuck it out, and he got rewarded for it. Uh, and when you look at today's game and world, you know, everyone's bailing. You know, and Paul was one of the guys who never thought of it, never wanted to do it. Uh, and the fact that he was rewarded with a title, uh, I think of all our guys, you know, Kevin, Ray, Rondo, uh, all of them, baby, <laughs> you know, uh, Paul's the one to me. Like he's the one. He's the one guy that uh, we should like really zero in our credit to and give him the most praise because I think he's the guy that had to stand power and was able to do it. It's always special. It's definitely hard. This is you know, all of my career. I spent 15 years here. Lots of good memories from the championship here. So part two of the show will start off as the Paul Pierce tribute session. I feel like we've done this a few times before because we never know when. How long the is this video going to be? Four hours? Because I, uh, if we're doing a tribute, it's going to have to. Be. Okay, we're going to condense it down to three <laughs> minutes here. Um, it was special to see Paul out there one last time, especially with one Doc. last dude. One last time First in the all, garden. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not ready to, okay, I'm so not ready to one, accept that yet. Assuming that the NBA Finals matchup is at the Celtics for the I'm not ready to accept the fact that this is last year. I'm not ready to accept it. So he said before the game. He said exactly that. This could be our last time, but I'm not 100% sure. Dude, that's, he's, been, yeah. he's been saying that for three years now. And I asked him again. I said, I hope I'll see you again next year. And he said, yeah, we'll see. So he's 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 pretty clearly committed to not being committed. I mean, he's, 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 totally he's playing in his backyard. I think he can go another year. He's getting enough money to, you know, this is just extra spending money. And he's, he's still serviceable enough to hang on. but Yeah, serviceable is a good word. What do you? He adds a lot off the off the court. Yeah, so that that's the main thing. So, with Paul Pierce, you see him transitioning into maybe mm-hmm. at least one more year, where he's kind of a player coach. Like Doc basically described him before the game, saying that Doc, that Paul is basically Doc's mouth out on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, where were you when Blake Griffin was taking swings at uh, employees? <laughs> on the team? You weren't in the restaurant <laughs> in Toronto. You weren't out, you were out to eat with them that night. No, I'm just kidding. Not really though. But no, listen, Doc. Uh, Paul Pierce, Doc Rivers knows what he's getting when he gets Paul, when he has Paul Pierce. He can be truthful with Pierce, with Paul. Paul's truthful back. No pun intended. Actually, that was not intended at I all. I intended you to make that pun. <laughs> yeah. um, but Paul's been able to transition into this backup role because it's been happening over the past few seasons. When he went to Brooklyn, he was supposed to take more of a backseat to like Joe Johnson, Darren Williams. That didn't work out. We all know that. Uh, in D.C., you know, they got John Wall, they got Bradley Beal. So he's been taking a backseat slowly, but surely now it's like a full-on backseat. Obviously, he has to play a little bit more now with, with Griffin out. But what he brings them off the court now far exceeds what he brings them on the court. I mean, I know he was in the game late, late and he was, he was in the game in crunch time, and Doc's going to put him in the crunch time situations, but I don't think he's the guy they want taking, taking the shots at the end of the games. I but mean, it's they, they ran good a, to see Paul here. They ran, a, they ran a deception play to kind of stunt towards him. Like, they were going to give him that shot, right. which was a fake to get a switch. He did miss a three CP3 late. got the switch on Evan Turner, but he ended up missing that shot at the end of regulation. And he did, yeah, he did get that shot. And that's what they want him in there for, is for, in the playoffs, to do what he did for uh, for Washington last year. We had yep. that, that fadeaway and three Brooklyn in the corner. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been doing it forever. He can still do it. You still have to honor his shot. Yeah, you do. You have to charge out on him. He can step around it. He's still valuable. But did you think? Did you think that tonight he seemed any different in, in the sense that maybe it was his last time? I mean, he was. He didn't have it on the court like I was kind of expecting it. I, he just he seemed kind of a step slow tonight, no, more yeah. than he has throughout the season. Um, when they the, lost, he left the court like high fiving like all the fans that were still there. Yeah. You know, obviously, everyone was still there, but all the fans that were trying to get out. He was he was showing them love. I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if he's just ch- taking it all in because he still doesn't. He's probably just because he still doesn't know. I mean, the fact that he didn't stay there and soak it in the way like Kobe right. Bryant has been right. doing. Um, this isn't a Paul Pierce retirement tour. Yeah, it definitely does not have that feel. Or um, was KG's? So he didn't even play. Let's pivot into the Celtics and what's ahead for us now. So the okay. Celtics are one of the probably along with San Antonio and Golden State the hot and Toronto the hottest teams in the NBA. I mean they're Fair. they're playing at an elite level right now. Yep. They lost the Milwaukee game but they that was that because game. of Avery Bradley making a silly foul after Jared Bayless made a silly foul. So I mean that game that game kind of canceled itself out. They have won bad quarter. Yeah. They continue to win against different types of opponents, playing different strategies. Tonight, they had a pretty crazy game where they had you know lots of guys foul out, Olenek getting fouled, and they were able mm-hmm. to adapt. This team's depth has finally been figured out by Stevens, contorted by Stevens, to not be an unnecessary burden, but rather a pretty, a pretty well, like well-refined strategic advantage. So they have a ton of draft picks to move, but they have a lot of players they can move. If you're they making do. a move, what is it, and what are you using? I'm not. I don't think I'm touching like one through eleven here. I really don't. I really no, don't. Eleven, I, even. Eleven, or yeah. you know, because here's the thing. Every guy, Brad Stevens utilizes, like everybody in his rotation is so important. You know what I mean? There aren't there aren't these guys that you you can really they're expendable. I mean, think of a guy like Evan Turner. I mean, obviously he's not a guy that they would consider trading, but six man is important. Sellinger, Olenek, these guys coming off the bench, even Jarebko is playing better now. If you take like one piece, sometimes that doesn't that doesn't jive with the rest of the guys, especially if they're playing their best basketball right now. And I don't think Danny Ainge is trying to really mess with a good thing. I also I also what we do know about Danny Ainge is he's not gonna just make a trade for the sake of making a trade. He wants to win the trade. Last year was a no-brainer at the deadline to get Isaiah Thomas for a late first round pick and Marcus Thornton who was just kind of there. He was he was just kind of there. 
They don't miss him that one. They don't miss yeah. him at all. They don't need, you know, another a shot checker guard. I mean, Marcus Jordan's a serviceable guy, but they didn't need him. I don't know if that situation is going to present itself this time around. And if, if it does, maybe. But it, who's the Marcus Thornton in this team? Uh, Evan Turner, technically, right now, but he's a no, lot more Evan Turner's than way, Thornton. way. Yeah, Evan Turner's not going anywhere. Well, let's, I can I, tell you that. Let's not forget that Thornton was actually playing fairly well in his role. But they don't. But the Celtics were also have, in a different place. Sure, they were. Um, which is the difference, I think, this time around, which is why I don't think they do anything major. Now, if David Lee wants out, maybe they figure out a way to get him out. If he maybe, wants out. Maybe yeah. they buy him out, whatever it may be. That's end of the or out of the rotation type move. I don't see anything major happening. It would have to be like, but then again, the NBA is nuts. The NBA mm-hmm. trade deadline is crazy. I don't see a superstar that's going to be available at the deadline that was going to make the Celtics run the risk of ruining uh, the good thing that they have. Now, the offseason is a completely different story, but going into the trade deadline, I think they stand pat 90% of their team. Okay, so here's, here's I think, the most... I'd say what do you feasible think? scenario. So Al Horford is the guy that I've been targeting for the entire season for this team. And it sounds like Danny Angel is agreeing with that because apparently they've been kicking the tires on a deal surrounding Horford. So if they want to get Horford... you got to give up a lot, though. you got to give up Lee. You're going to have to give up either or both Solinger and Zeller. Zeller doesn't seem like as much of an issue because it does, there's, doesn't you seem to be You haven't given up anybody of value yet. Yeah, well, Solinger is a guy he's of value. A we saw it though. tonight. Yeah, well, he's someone that they might want to resign. And then you're going to have to give up a lot of draft picks. So you're going to have to give up probably this year's first-round pick for the Celtics and the Dallas pick. So they still have that Brooklyn pick, though, because obviously they're not going to move the Brooklyn pick for a 30-year-old really right. good player who's a free agent to be. And then you're probably going to – there's a chance that – Atlanta is going to want that Memphis pick that even though it's years down the road, it could be actually coming be to valuable. fruition with the team on In the like, downward slope what, of their pro- progression. Yeah, So that's a pick you really want to hold on to if you can, but it, it doesn't kill you if you get rid of it. So getting out Horford. So you're kind of, fl- you're kind of sliding in Horford in place of Sollinger. Basically. Upgrading there. And, you know, and Horford isn't the three-point shooter that Sollinger is when he's really on. And we saw tonight Sollinger at that crucial three. But Horford does all the things Sollinger does better than Sollinger does. And he's a much better defender. And Sollinger is a good defender in a lot of ways. But Horford, I mean, Horford is one of the best so players Ainge makes, at that position. Ainge makes that move with the, with the hope that he's going to re-sign Horford. With the question of do you re-sign him? I mean, the guy's going to Make that move unless the guy's going to want twenty-five million dollars next year. But you don't you don't make that move unless you're you're trying. committed to paying the cap. Right. You know they have Thomas locked in, they have Bradley locked in, they have Crowder locked in, they have Smart on caps this rookie deal. Up. The cap's going up. I mean you got to you're going to have to throw the money at somebody. Right. It makes sense to do it at Horford. If you're interested in Horford, if you know you're going to be interested in Horford in the offseason and this and you see an opportunity to trade for him and kind of show him Boston and you know Al, uh, Al Horford is a good friend of David Ortiz's. So there's an in right there. Two Dominican guys. Yeah. I think David Ortiz. She got big poppy on the phone. The, I'm, the I'm sure David Ortiz would be on the phone if if somebody in the Celtics put a little word in and said, hey, get, convince this guy to uh, <laughs> to enjoy it here or something. Stick around for a bit. Um, that's a good that's a good option. You're not giving away any cornerstone players. Not that they really have any, but you're not giving away uh, you know any top top of the top guys in this team right now. Um, it's something that Danny Ainge would probably really think about. And you're not definitely not going to get rid of any of those Brooklyn picks for somebody like Horford. Mm. You keep those for a megastar, or you just, if there's a guy you like in the draft. And frankly, if Horford was 26, it wouldn't make sense, but he's going to be 30. Your, only ins- your advantage you, of keeping well, him is what to if give the Hawks him that you, extra What if the Hawks just say, you, well, you need to take Horford, you need to take Teague, too. They want to give the, they want to package these guys. You can take them. None of those guys are worth giving up that Brooklyn pick for. No. They're not needle movers. I hate that phrase, but they're not. So, and also Teague, after we saw what well, we saw out of Isaiah Thomas tonight and what Marcus Smart has been right, doing. Right, they don't need a point. Not really an interest, or well, Avery Bradley as well. No interest in Teague. Right. Corver, obviously, the more shooters, the better. All right, that's going to do it for us here. We're going to be gone for will two they weeks. Do, will they make that trade? The Horford Next trade? show we do, is, is Ralph Horford going to be on this team? I think so. Whoa! I, I really think it's going to I don't happen. think so. I mean, I actually don't from the so. Celtics' perspective, they absolutely can make that deal happen. It's really just a matter of are the rumors How that Atlanta really wants want to move to. things, you know, shake things up. And it's really just does Atlanta think they can keep Al Horford or is there uh, does Al Horford have some injury concerns we don't know about? I think well, do I the think Celtics think they can sign it. Al Horford without trading for him. I think so. Uh, they, they probably could. Yeah. But they, they have a lot of assets they can cash in on now that can 
put them at the advantage of re-signing him after he was already on the roster, which gives them some negotiation advantage. So I think they would do it. Okay. We'll find out. We'll find out. So we'll be back in two weeks. Jimmy, hopefully, will be here for that game as well. Um, Should be. In the meantime, make that happen. so you can find me at CLNS Radio, at Celtics Blog. I also host the WEI Celtics Podcast with Sam Packard, who's always on the show. So we're going to have some great stuff. He's probably in bed right now. Probably. Hopefully. It was his birthday today, so let's hope it so. It was? It was, Whoops. yeah. Happy birthday, Sam. Happy birthday, Sam. Uh, actually, coming out Thursday evening, we have an interview with Evan Turner. We finally got him on the podcast. And we'll have Kyle Draper, a guy you might be familiar with, also know, on that. Kyle so it's going to be yeah. good. We'll have a trade deadline special next week on that. And then also on Tuesday, we're going to have another guest. So Just plenty of plenty more action there. And then what do you got going when, on over no, the next No, nothing. But when you said Evan Turner, it reminded me of my nickname for him. But I'm going to hold off. I'm going to give it when we come back in the next, okay. the next show, like the next time. All right. So we'll leave you with uh, maybe the greatest gift ever of Evan You can Turner. find me on Twitter, Jimmy underscore Tisco. Oh, yeah. You can find That's me it. at CLNS underscore Jared Weiss. Uh, so we're going to leave you with the greatest gift of all time. Evan Turner, oh, yeah. hotline bling gift, created by our uh, currently departed uh, producer, Kyle George. Okay, fine. I'll give uh, the, I'll, I'll give the, uh, the nickname now since we're doing it. So the, well, in the video, it says fourth quarter above Turner. Uh-huh. What's Evan Turner's number? 11. When does he come through for the Celtics? In the fourth. In the eleventh hour. When you need him at the very oh, end. Okay. Evan Turner, okay. the eleventh hour. Let's get that one going. That's better. I thought it was gonna be like a four-one-one joke or something like that. No, that's, that's, that's better. All right, no, I'm, I'm a little bit better than that. All the eleventh right. hour. That's the eleventh hour. Sweet. That's he sounds like a like a mysterious vigilante superhero. Yeah, we comes through hour. in the eleventh hour. Evan no. Turner came through for the Celtics tonight. All right, that, I like that. I like that. So let's sign off here for Jimmy. For Jeremy behind the camera, for the 11th I am Jared Weiss for the 11th hour. Bon voyage. We'll see you next time. I know when that hotline bling. They can only mean one thing. Being a role player instead of a superstar.
<laughs> somehow. How has your relationship evolved with her? Just you know, over the years, it's just we just had a great understanding of one another, and able to communicate a lot better than we have with each other. So uh, you know, we have a great relationship. You mentioned over the, said over summer that you kind of thought about a beer a little bit when you were deciding where to play. Was that a legitimate option? <laughs> I don't know, I had to change. I did run in the Danny this summer, and he, you know, he always loved to do that with the arms. So, uh, but I think, you know, for the most part, I'll be a fan of what we're around. 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 And also, the coming from here, I already did the talks with the Celtics ever get serious? Um, you know, I just, not, not, not so much. You know, the Celtics were a rebuilding team, you know, young and up and coming. And, you know, I think, you know, my career here, you know, has, you know, ran its course. You know, I had a great career here. I mean, 15 long years. Uh, you know, work as you ask for it. You know, the table with the championship here. So, I've, I've had my time with it. You've talked in the past about maybe coming back here, working with other teams, you still talking about that? I'll just keep my possibilities open. You know, uh, if that's the opportunity that presents itself, I would love to. Uh, you know, it's a class A organization, you know, what they've been able to do uh, with me. Steve, you know, they're great owners. Got a great young core, got a great young coach, you know, so maybe I'll find a way there someday in the future. Is it good to get right back on the court after one like last night where you were having so far back just a test uh, it's one of the I think it's one of the benefits of playing and coaching in this league is you have to move on to what's next regardless. Um, you know, we did a pretty good job of that when things went our way the other sure. day in Cleveland and you know see how we respond today. Obviously um, really tough opponent. Um, you know, I thought our guys played great in the fourth quarter to give us a chance to win and just came up a little bit short yesterday. What's been the key to putting this team in response to well the secondary back there? Don't talk a lot about it. Games on the schedule, respect to the perform and be a pro. And um, excuses aren't a part of that, so we don't talk about it. You know, we, we made it a big um, you know, point of discussion early on a few years ago about, you know, hey, let's 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 be the best at you know not making excuses and, and just trying to uh, play well. And so that's the way we've gone about it. So we I don't think we've mentioned back to back much other than saying. We expect to be very good on the second half of that game. Yeah, again, that's Jay and Ed. And then I get told whether or not they're available. So that's, you know, I don't think Eddie would, would risk that. Obviously, when you have a, a twisted ankle, you know, at any time, that could twist again. Uh, but that's with anybody. Um, but they'll take every precaution. You know, he wouldn't be in that. He wouldn't be on the court if they didn't. They didn't both think that he was okay to do that. They've got an appreciation for the guys like Doc and Paul in this franchise. What sort of significance does it have to be You know, I think it's it's one of the one of the fun things about coaching in Boston is seeing the passion for all of the, the former players that come through and, and certainly, you know, and coaches. When you see when you see a guy like Paul who's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer and, and all that he meant to this to this franchise and continues to mean to this franchise, um, you know, it's it's amazing and it's it's fun to see the reception they get. And you know, Doc's been one of the better coaches in this league for a long time. He's had a you know a great career as a player and a coach and you know to be able to experience what those guys experience together. Um, here is really special, and you know, um, one of the things that I've really enjoyed is is watching those guys enjoy coming back uh, and watching the reception that they receive. Trying to talk about taking from other coaches a lot, trying to implement the way you're doing. Is there anything you've seen on stolen or taken from Doug? You know, I, I can't like recall anything specific, specific, but I'm sure there is. I mean, every everybody that I watch. That I've, every team that I've ever watched as a coach, I've stolen something from um, or tried to run a play that they run or tried to do something that they do. It doesn't always look as good when Reddick's not running off that screen. 
um, or you know, Chris Paul's throwing a lob 15 feet in the air to DeAndre Jordan. Um, but it feels good on paper, and it looks good in theory. Um, but he's, you know, he's one of the best at drawing stuff up. He's great at getting his guys to play. Um, he's he's really good. I don't get a chance to see them a lot, just because of the, you know, we only play them twice a year. And, um, for whatever reason, our schedule has been such that we haven't seen them play as we get ready for other teams a lot. But, you know, when I do, certainly, you know, you're always looking at stuff he does. He does a great job. He the Clippers lead the league in 99. Well, I think there has to just be a team-wide commitment to protecting the rim first. Um, that's really hard because what these guys will do is they'll put, you know, Chris Paul uh, with the ball, they'll have Paul Pierce, uh, Jamal Crawford, and J.J. Redick standing around the lob. So who do you help off of? Like, what do you do? Um, you got to change up how you're playing. You got to be into the ball. You got to impact the ball. Um, the reason that their offense is flowing so well is because you have all that skill around the rim roller. If DeAndre Jordan's rolling and you got three guys that can't shoot standing there. It's not as effective. So it all works together. It all works in concert. It's a it's a heck of a team uh, and a hard team to go. Brad, uh, you win nine out of 11. Tonight's the last game before the break. Does this any other importance to playing well and getting the win? Playing well is important each of the next 28 games uh, as we get ready for the end of the season. Uh, you know, and you guys know that it's been around me a lot. I don't, I don't hopefully deviate a whole lot game to game. It's about this next game. It's about trying to play good basketball as a team. Uh, we didn't do enough of that yesterday, although we did it at times exceptionally well. Um, it just came up a little bit short. You know, the challenge is great tonight. You know, last year we didn't even, we didn't have a prayer against these guys. They were beating us 35 here. So, uh, very tough team for us to play against. And, you know, if we don't play well, it'll show itself. Brad, you have eight days off after tonight. Do you have any plans uh, other than watching a lot of film? I'll watch. I'll watch uh, to get ready for the three West Coast teams that we're playing, or the three teams in the Western Conference that we're playing on the road. I'll, I'll delve into us a little bit more, um, and you know, look at how we can improve for the for the stretch around here, the last one third of the season. Uh, and then, you know, I think our guys and us—it's all important to. Take a deep breath. This has been a, quite a stretch in January and early February that we've been on. Um, so I think being able to get to, to rest a little bit, get mentally freshened up, is important for you know it's important for the coaches and the players. A ball game for the team. Uh, like you said, two all stars. Do you get? I mean, I think you got. You had a good spell time. What are you having a game like that? Does it kind of get you going? Oh no doubt. Cause, I mean, he's one of the best guards in the world. And I mean, you always want to play against the best players in the world. And as a competitor, you're, you're, um, you should want that. And I'm, I'm all for challenges, and I'm all for going against anybody. How do you feel getting called up? I mean, that's, that's like a dream come true. Like, I mean, you, I couldn't tell nobody this story and they really believe what's happening right now. I mean, that's how, that's how my life's been. So it's, it's first off a blessing from God, and, and it's just something that I've worked so hard for. It's finally here, so I'm, I can't wait. Jay's, Jay's fouled out, Marcus fouled out, Kelly's out of the game. What do you guys do? What stand things like that and pull up? Just keep fighting. I mean, that's what this team is about. We never give up. We just continue to fight no matter what the circumstances are. And as, at point in time our, in that game, our backs were against the wall. It seemed like the game was over, but we just kept at it and made plays down the stretch and, and came out with a win. How fired up are you for this weekend? Uh, I'm, I'm tired right now, actually, but I think when I get there, I, it, it'll be fun. Um, other than what happened before the game where they showed me my jersey, like it really hasn't hit me yet, so I think once I get there, I'm just going to take it all in. Is it, did you take an elbow to the face? Or? Yeah, that was, that was last night. That was like Greg Monroe got me with one, so yeah, that was towards the end of the game. You and Chris have known each other for a while. Can you talk about this kind of how you guys met? Um, just, 
I got invited to his camp when I was in college, like the top college point guards in the, in the country. And we, we met from there. And we were working out together. And then every summer after that, I would go back to his camp. Even two summers ago, when I was um, when I signed with the Phoenix Suns, I went to go work out with him. And he's just been a, a, a good mentor of mine and somebody that I could talk to about about, about anything about. And he's, and he's and he's not just a hell of a player, but a hell of a person. Did you know you were taking the game over there in the fourth quarter? Nah, it Did just you feel happened. It? it just happened. I just honestly, I just wanted to make plays, and I and they were switching a lot. So when they when I seen DeAndre Jordan on me a few times, I just wanted to take advantage of that matchup. What does he do? What, what kind of how imposing is he at the rim? And you see, there was a couple times we saw him tonight, and he kind of said, "Okay, let me let me reset here." Um, Arguably the best defensive big in the, in the league. He's long, athletic, and you gotta you gotta go in there strong, or he's just gonna it's gonna be a block party. And, and um, he got me a couple of times, but knowing me, I'm gonna just continue to go at him and continue to try to have different types of finishes around him and keep him guessing. Because I'm a big basketball fan, when you take a look around the league, you see the King struggling, you see the Sun struggling. Does that kind of make you a little bit more appreciative of, of the situation that you're in now? As a it, it does. It does. Um, everything happens for a reason. I'm just glad I'm in this situation and we're winning and we're in the playoff run. What do you think he said, I mean, to go on the road and win at Cleveland, to win this kind of really emotional overtime game against the elite team? What does that say about you guys? It says a lot. It says a lot. I think last night we would have won if we went in overtime. I mean, it's just this team's mentality is no matter what the situation is, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep fighting until there's no time on the clock. And I think that's what makes this team special. Have you seen a better game on TV than the one you just played? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I mean, this season I haven't. So it was, it was definitely a special game, and it was a game you want to be a part of. With the stretch you guys have put together now, 13 and 17, there's still a lot of speculation. You guys can make another move to improve you guys even more. Where do you kind of see where you guys are at and what you want to see? Uh, next we're at a solid, solid area right now. <coughs> the scary thing about it is we can, we know we can do better. We know we can play at a higher level, and um, we need this rest. We need this all-star break to, to get away from each other and, and just enjoy the time off and, and get back to it when we play Utah next week. So I'm excited about what, what's going on here, and we just, we just got to continue to put our foot on the pedal. No. Um, no, I haven't. So, um, when did you find out? Just now. So, uh, you can just talk about basketball if you want to. I don't want to talk about that. Doc, you guys played a lot of minutes. Um, yeah. Hard legs at the end. Yeah, I mean, but they they, they just play so hard and. <clears throat> You know, uh, you know, we, we missed free throws. I, I thought it was the offensive rebounds down the stretch. You know, we knew Brad was going to foul DJ on the free throw line, and uh, then we didn't box out, and they got, you know, the one offensive rebound, and then they got two more, which led to three. So um, I thought they deserved to win. You know, it wasn't a very, you know, for two great defensive teams. You know, I don't know what happened on the night before All-Star break. I think our defenses went on break, both of ours before. So, what do you think of Isaiah? He's, he's great. He makes big shots. He's tough to guard. I've never seen a little guy that makes, other than Spud, maybe, that makes uh, his living in the paint. You know, uh, most little guys have been three-point shooters, which he is. But you very rarely see one that gets in the paint and makes shots, and, and he does it consistently. Chris played, I think, what, about 48 minutes? Yeah. At any point in the second half, were you Yeah, I, wanted, I should have taken him out. That's too many minutes. Um, you know, he had it going so well, he wanted to stay in, so I just left him in the game. So, you know, obviously, if I had known, had a crystal ball, I knew we were going to overtime. You know, I thought that's where his missed free throws were just, he was just exhausted. So. Lance have some kind of injury? Yeah, but I don't know what it was. You know, I, I think he rode an ankle, JJ rode an ankle, and we're running out of guards, you know. What, what's kind of your assessment of, of where you guys are, Dalton? Love it. Right here. Couldn't be in a better place, you know. Um, when you factor in the injuries, and you know, especially to your a top ten player, you know, and what we've done, uh, I'll take that all year, every day, and 
you know, so it's nice. You talked about them as free throws. When you see JJ, Ball, Chris, those types of guys, yeah. like that's kind of when you know they're a little winded, exhausted. Yeah, at least I'm hoping that's it. You know, we're going to have DJ shoot the text at some point. You know, <laughs> I mean, my God, he was the best free throw shooter down the stretch for us. So, um, I, you know, listen, they missed a couple too. So it, it was more, I just thought, they got to every loose ball. They're so they're so athletic, and I just thought their their athleticism uh, won out at the end of the day. When you look at, when you look at Jay Crowder, I mean, does he remind you of physicality wise and what Paul was in this prime? He reminds me of another great Marquette basketball. Player. I do. He reminds me. Of. I don't know what order I would put them in, uh, but I mean, it's amazing when you look at those guys. You know, uh, Jamie and I were talking their assistant uh, before the game. You know, you think about him and Dwayne Wade and uh, Jimmy Butler. I mean, they're just the same guys keep churning out from that program. Uh, it's pretty impressive. And, and Jay is just he's one of the toughest, mentally toughest guys in the league. And, and it's a great example. You can be tough and mean and a great guy at the same time. You know, that's that's what you like about him. Double OT win for Mark Maybe Providence. Mm-hmm. And that all, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's the second time they beat Providence. So. When you got Chris has it going like that offensively, is there any, you just kind of let him do his thing? Yeah, I mean, you stay out of his way yeah. and let him score. I, it, it was too many minutes, though, for him there, uh, Gary. I mean, we, I, I really didn't have a place to turn, so yeah. I just left him in. But I thought at the end of the day, that might have hurt us. Uh, you guys have San Antonio and then Golden State yeah. right after the All-Star break. Can I enjoy break, Brent? Yes. <laughs> you know. How do you feel about that schedule? I'm fine with that. We had to play them at some point. Yeah. You know, like, you know, this is the West. You know, we're done with the East on the road. I don't think we have another East Coast team uh, left on the road. So um, it's time to play teams in the West. And, uh, you know, it'll be good for us, even without our guys. You know, um, hopefully, obviously, J.J. and Lance will be ready for that. Um, Obviously, Blake won't, Austin won't, so uh, we'll be missing guys. Uh, but it's been like that all year for us, so we'll just have to figure out a way of winning those games anyway. Is it frustrating for you knowing that Celtics play hard, they scrap all the time, and that was kind of the difference in this game in the end? No, I mean, that's who they are. You know, playing hard is, is, a, is a skill. You know, it ain't just everyone just can't do it. You know, there's guys that are energy players, and there's guys who don't play with energy. And this team has a uh, – the Celtics have a – a whole team full of energy players and talented energy players. So we knew that coming into the game, you know, and uh, they, they at the end of the day, it went out for them. Did this feel like a bit of an old school game, 122 all in regulation? Yeah, back when Danny Ainge, in those olden days when Danny played. Yeah, yeah. But that, you know, you think about it, we averaged back then 100 attempts a game, both teams, you know. I don't, you won't ever see a team with 100 attempts anymore, you know. I don't even know if we got there today in, in overtime. You know, and that, that, that's just amazing when you think about it. But um, but it is. I like that. You know, I wish we had to play a little defense. Dogs, the Celtics beat the Cavs last week. They beat you guys tonight. Yeah. Is this team like a team that, you know, you look like real contenders? Yeah, they can make a run. I mean, uh, listen, they're not scared of anybody. They got a bunch of junkyard dogs who can play. I mean, watching the growth of Avery and, and Jared has been phenomenal. And they got guys that can play. If you don't, you better be ready when you play them or you're going to lose them. Do you still root for the Celtics when you're not playing them? No, all the time. Um, and I listen because I, I mean, Tommy is must see TV. So, uh, I mean, he really is. And, you know, it's funny when I was coaching here, I, I, you don't watch games with sound much. Now that I'm not, you actually get to watch Tommy. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's awesome. So, I love him. And, you yeah, know, I, I love these guys. I want them to do well. Not tonight, uh, but any other time, uh, I want them to do well. You should listen to him. Watch his game back with the two with the sound on. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear him tonight because there were some doozies down the stretch. So I'm sure it was it was crazy. Hey, listen, I'm gonna, you know, the the Monty Williams and his wife Ingrid. Uh, I've known them since they were married. So uh, I don't know if. There's no words. There, there really isn't. I am uh, heartbroken. I'm sick to death. And uh, once again, it puts this stuff we do in perspective. Uh, so uh, this is this is awful. You know, and obviously our love and our support and all that, but uh, you know, sometimes that doesn't seem fair. Uh, he, he, there's no better human being in the world than Monty and Ingrid. And for this to happen, it's just sometimes you question everything. And this is one of those times for me, at least. So, uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.
75 points or Turnovers. 
and continue to search for good shots when things are going poorly or well. And so there's a lot of room to improve with the group that's in there. And so my focus will be on that. Um, I will respond um, anytime that you know they want to talk about um, anything that's going through their minds. But you know we haven't had any of those conversations. Nothing, nothing of substance. And so um, I'm sure that that'll pick up a little bit as the trade deadline gets closer. But um, I'm not anticipating, you know, I'm not anticipating my phone ringing off the hook. Maybe like in the last couple of years. Coach, um, it, it, two quick things. Uh, talk about Isaiah's game. It's incredible shots. Also, uh, going into the overtime, he was scoring. Did you were you, were you thinking that you needed somebody else? Isaiah to make some big shots. Somebody else to do some scoring. Um, you know, I just think Isaiah's played a lot of minutes, and, and uh, they're going to pay a lot of attention to him. Um, Smart was out, so you know they were going to have Redick and Paul on. Um, on uh, Avery and Isaiah, so that meant that Evan was going to be guarded by one of their forwards unless Crawford was in the game, and, and then we could post a little. But um, Evan just got going. He hit tough shots, uh, but he hit shots that we've all seen Evan hit. And Evan likes that moment. I mean, we talked about that before. Evan, Evan is uh, very fond of the big moment, and he, he can operate in the big moment. Isaiah and Chris Paul battled back and forth the whole game. What was your take on that battle and how Isaiah handled it? I'm going to enjoy watching him in the All-Star game. I didn't, I mean, I liked, I liked watching it kind of tonight, but Chris Paul was so good, uh, made so many great plays that uh, we didn't have much of an answer for him. You know, we, we tried again. You know, he's so good at coming off that screen and finding either the open guy on the perimeter or the roller. And, um, that we were forced into some defenses that aren't ideal. And and uh, he's a really good player, but they both put on a show. And it was pretty special to watch. Coach, oh, seemed to be a little bit more emotion tonight, almost more like kind of a playoff-like atmosphere. Uh, do, you guys, do you think you guys are better when you're playing with that emotion? You guys like Smart and Crowder are kind of bringing energy. You know, I think we're pretty consistent in that regard. I, I have not, I've not had a, a problem with our effort. Um, we haven't played well all the time, but we have. You know, we've had games where we have played well. But I mean, we've, we've been pretty consistent in fighting and pretty consistent in, in you know, encouraging others and, and being good teammates and all that other stuff. And um, you know, it's another you know coming back and coming back from Milwaukee last night. That one stung. Um, to come back and play 53 minutes tonight and figure out a way to win was a good thing. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.